Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. Hello. Hola. Push me. Shannon Farron. We all know how this goes. That the government shows up, tells us how much they care, and they do nothing. Gary Hoffman. I believe we'll make it out of here because, because I choose to believe it. From the makers of the 33 comes Gary and Shannon. I eat rocks. I get pretty sick. Shannon, that could be what Gary sounds like right now on his vacation. Have we heard from him? I got this picture this morning of a nice little uh, deck. Oh, uh, my boobs can hang out whenever I want. With, uh, <laughs> with beautiful, very tropical, foliage, dense yeah. foliage. He's not here. That's clear. He's not here. Uh, somebody's got their feet up on a chair. It looks very nice. So good. Jane Wells is here with me, though. Hello. Welcome back to the three men who are returning to listen today. This is a safe space. Uh, We will need those three men coming up in about a half an hour. Call your friends. We are going to be having Me Too Court. So if you got in trouble for work, at work, for saying something like you look nice today, or, you know, if you got in trouble for work, at work, for, for groping someone, whatever the case is, Give Jane and I a call. We'll hear your story and yep. give you a fair ruling on yeah. whether that was okay or not. Right. I, maybe Amy can even weigh in. And if there's a woman out there, like some guy sent you a picture of his junk and you tried to explain to him, um, no, I didn't ask for this, call in too and we'll tell you whether you crossed the line. Yes. And I would just like to say, and I'll go out on a limb, I don't want to speak for you as well, but if somebody has actually taken their genitals out at work, it's probably crossed the line. I, I, at I think work, that's safe to say. At work, in a cafe, uh, when you're in the park, um, there's really only one place to do that, and that's yeah. in the privacy of your own home or a bathroom. Yes. Handle. Uh, we're not going to talk about what happened in here uh, before the show started. It wasn't that, but uh, let's just say we're a little harried. I mean, it was hard getting him out of here. Oh today. my gosh, yeah, it was just he is a he is something. He is something. Uh, also, Miss America news and Democrats nationally are pouring money into our primary here in California today. We'll get into that. The Eagles and their White House visit is canceled, and we're not it- talking about Don Henley. No, it looks like, you know, the NFL tried to make the president go away with all of his protestations, re-kneeling at the national anthem at NFL games, and they may have just exacerbated the problem. But we start with heartbreak, really. This is terrible. Kate Spade, uh, the fashion icon, has been found dead in her New York uh, apartment. She apparently, on, on Park Avenue, apparently hanged herself 
left a note uh, discovered by the maid. Um, she was 55 years old. The housekeeper found her in the bedroom hanging from a red scarf tied to a doorknob. Her husband's at the scene. They do not know the whereabouts of uh, their daughter. Isn't she 13 She's years 13 old? years old. And the reason this is so shocking, I think, is because... Sometimes when you hear these stories of suicide, early deaths, and you, you think about how somebody has had problems in the past, uh, very public problems with depression, alcoholism, whatever it is. When you think about Robin Williams, the first thing that came to mind was I, I knew that he had struggled with depression. I knew he had struggled with drugs and alcohol. Kate Spade has not one red flag of anything no. pub- publicly in her past. Uh, she got started working in the 80s for Mademoiselle. She uh, hooked up with Andy Spade, David Spade's brother, and they started Kate Spade together. They started actually before she was married to him. The year They got married in 94. They started Kate Spade in 1993. And as you know, it blossomed into uh, oh, a fantastic. huge clothing, jewelry, accessories, purse line. And then she sold the company in 2007, and she wanted to take some time off to raise her daughter. And then a couple years ago, launched a new fashion brand called... Uh, Frances Valentine, after her daughter and her uh, grandfather. What's, uh, the company was sold to Coach, I think, last year for $2.4 billion. By the way, she got none of that money because she'd already sold out earlier. But there was no, there's been absolutely no scandal. We Who knows we what goes through. on? I yeah. mean, I combed through every yeah. article written about Kate Spade this morning, and not one thing came up about personal life troubles. But you know what? That's how mental illness works. We don't know. Sometimes the people that you think are the most put together, successful people are struggling so severely. And it just, just does not discriminate. Uh, it's That's just a sad story. A, a sad story. I, I'm, uh, I feel for the 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. That's just terrible. Um, Harvey Weinstein was in court again today. <clears throat> and uh, we will be talking about that next. But briefly, how did you feel about Miss America getting rid of the swimsuit competition? The end. The end. I mean, what the is Miss America? Yeah, I mean, what is it? Well, what is it if it's not for... Uh, I'm sh- I'm sorry. It's not about uh, what's in your mind. Uh, because there are plenty of scholarship programs for women who have great ideas. Or, it's a beauty or contest. Of it's course. always been a beauty contest. And when they try to pepper in the questions about politics or, or global policy, it just seems disingenuous. There are many smart women who go out for it specifically so they can get the scholarship money. But it's look, it is a show about women in swimsuits and the ratings have been falling anyhow uh, the, in fact, the ones last uh, in September, the latest uh, Miss America uh, got 5.6 million viewers, which was down from 6.2 the year before. I'm still surprised it got five and a half million viewers. I do like the messaging moving forward, though, that uh, for, for little girls, you know, it was a bigger deal when I was growing up. But that it, it, it is more about what's in your head than than what you look. Oh, like. I agree, which is why why have I just think why do then why do we have beauty contests? Exactly. You should just get rid of the whole thing. But, you know, it's I was talking to one of my girlfriends about this years ago, um, Chris Lane, who used to work here and she said she makes it a point when she meets her daughters were younger at the time but when she uh, meets her daughter's friends or whatever instead of saying you're so pretty because that's what girls get all the time little girls right you're so pretty that's the first thing right where boys get you're so clever you're so smart 
Generally speaking, yes. And so I loved that she was trying to change that, and I, it stuck in my head, you know. So now when I meet little girls, it's never, oh, my gosh, you're so pretty. You're so adorable, you know. It's, right. Oh, you're so clever. But Gretchen Carlson, who was Miss America and, of course, sued Roger Ailes at Fox, is now the head of the Miss America. She's the chairman of the board of the organization. But this getting rid of the swimsuit competition uh, replacing the evening gown competition with whatever makes you feel confident reminds me a little bit of when Playboy went through that phase of we're not going to have any nude women in the magazine anymore. Yeah. Um, you either are or you aren't. You know, you're either going to be a beauty pageant where we look at your bodies and judge you by them. And I guess here talk you talk about world peace or you're not. You know, it was really going to be on its last legs. I, I, uh, Miss America relic, and I Playboy because of why the Internet. You know, you can see all the girls in bathing suits you want at any time of the day. That's just the reality. Or without bathing suits. Exactly. All right, coming up, we'll let you know what happened with Harvey Weinstein in that courtroom in New York. Gary and Shannon. Jane is here. Jane Wells. Feels good to be running from the devil. Another breath and I'm up another level. It feels good to be up above the clouds. It feels good for the first time in a long time now. Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in today. Gary is on vacation. We'll be back next week. Big news today, Kate Spade, dead from an apparent suicide, 55 years old, found, hanged herself in her uh, Park Avenue, Upper East Side home there. Left a note. We don't know what it says. David Koch is leaving Koch Industries. How will that change the makeup of one of the most powerful industries? Uh, you know, um, and by the way, the Koch brothers are getting ready to take on Trump over trades. That's just, I interviewed him once. He survived the U.S. air crash at LAX on February 1st, 1991. He happened I didn't to be, know that. He happened to be flying commercial. I was sent out there for Fox 11 to cover it. Some guys in the back of an ambulance getting oxygen. I go up. Nobody. I didn't know him from Adam at the time. It was David Koch. This billionaire who happened to be flying first class on that flight i was one of the people who managed to survive it was uh, just a weird That's incredible yeah, back to you uh harvey weinstein today limped from an suv yeah it was weird he does not could he has could his feet no he wasn't in shackles going into court yet he was just being arraigned you know he's not the picture of health to no, me no. um and he the pants were so baggy he yeah. looked like uh you know when a kid puts on his dad's suit or something. Yeah, it wasn't a good, not a good day. And he, he doesn't have a, have a good look, but no. He was escorted past a big crowd of journalists before spending a couple minutes answering a series of yes and no questions from the judge, asking if he understood his rights. Um, he did not stop on his way out to speak with journalists or respond to shouted questions and was back in his SUV that was waiting for him in just about 40 minutes his attorney, Benjamin Brofman. Mr. Weinstein has uh, denied uh, these crimes. He has maintained that he has never engaged in non-consensual sex with anyone. He is uh, taking this matter very seriously. And as terrible a crime as rape is, it is equally reprehensible to be falsely accused of rape. And since Mr. Weinstein has denied these allegations, that's where we are. He is facing two charges at the moment, though. Grand jury investigation continues in New York. There's one in here in L.A., another in London. Uh, The first woman in the complaint, I mentioned the indictment, accused Weinstein of forcing her to engage in oral sex in his Tribeca office in 2004. She's been identified as Lucia Evans, uh, publicly identified herself. She is an actress. She hasn't done a lot. The second woman has not been identified, and she claims rape. 
which carries a potential 25-year prison term. Uh, Basically, she is someone who had done work for Weinstein for a year before the event and then, quote, out of nowhere, he raped her. That's the allegation. More than 70 women have accused him of sexual misconduct, including rape. Uh, Many incidents date back decades. The statute has run out on those, but... At least in a couple, they have not run out. There are ongoing investigations, by the way, in Los Angeles, in in London, I believe. He, if if convicted, could face between 5 and 25 years in prison. So he's been fingerprinted. Uh, There's a mugshot, apparently, which I don't don't think we've seen yet. He had to surrender his passport. I think the bail was set at a million dollars, and he was able to post bond. And um, that's where we are right now. I don't know if they know next court date yet at this point. No, I haven't seen that anywhere. It'll probably be continued. I don't. I don't know what it's. And, and yeah, and, and maybe we'll get some more uh, indictments later. It's very interesting. This this uh, this woman who made the rape allegation. Uh, don't know who that is yet. And according to law enforcement sources, uh, reportedly, they say this crime, quote, was different. He didn't just meet her and try to get her alone. They had known each other. So the Weinstein story is atrocious. There's so many allegations of rape. But has the pendulum swung too far the other way? And Morgan Freeman comes to mind. Uh, the news a couple of weeks ago that Morgan Freeman, bombshell report. Morgan Freeman's got these eight women accusing him of inappropriate comments. Of being horny and saying like, hey. Uh, what? Is that what we're doing now? We're going to put people up on the stake that have said inappropriate comments? We want to have a Me Too court. Jane and I want to bring a little common sense to the conversation. Judge and jury. So what we need you to do is call us. If you've said something at work, if you've done something at work that was on the fence, that uh, maybe you had a conversation, you you got a talking to because of it, uh, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable anymore? Right? This is a safe space. We want to hear, like, I told her she looked nice and she called HR. Or he's, he grabbed my, mm, and I called HR and they did nothing about it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be at work. It could be out and about. Uh, you know, what do you, what we want to know is we're all confused right now, except Shannon and I are not confused. <laughs> About anything. So call us and we will give you our verdict. 1-800-520-1-KFI. 1-800-520-1534. Yeah, it's time to call. Come on, it's time to call. Let's call. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in today. Man, yesterday, Dwight Clark, today, Kate Spade, two heartbreakers, ALS, kills Dwight Clark, 61 years old. Such a nice guy, too. Just truly uh, a class act. Yep. Um, And then Kate Spade, the news we get this morning, 55 years old, kills herself by hanging herself in her uh, Upper East Side apartment. Her body's found about 1020 this morning by the housekeeper. She leaves behind a 13-year-old daughter. And her uh, husband. No no more, please. No more of this news. Yeah. yeah. All right. We are taking calls for our Me Too court. Yes. Court is in session. Court is in session. Let's begin with Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Mike, are you there? No, no, Mike. No, Mike for I bl- Mike. I blame Blake. It's, it's a good time. Hmm? Should we try Chris? Chris. Chris. Hey, Chris, are you there? Hello. How are you? Excellent. What's going on? What did you, what did you do? What did you do and what were the consequences? Uh, so I worked for Honda North America, uh, you know, helpful blue shirts. Um, <laughs> and it was about three years ago. I was a, a roaming technician and I worked at this one dealership frequently. And there was a very, very, very attractive woman that worked there. And um, in the process of getting to know her, I finally, I just, I got up the, you know, the sack one day and I told her, hey, you are gorgeous. And I don't know if it's off color. Hope it's not. I'm respectful, but you are. Got up and, the sack. I've never heard of that before. But back up. That's what? Yeah, back it, up. Give me an honest verbatim of what you said and the tone in which you said it. Okay, no revisionist history here, Chris. Tell us how you <laughs> said it, exactly what you said. I'm uh, I, I, I said, you are gorgeous. And, and like I said, it was pure sincerity because she really is. She, and I'm, I mean, I can't vouch that she still is today, but... Then she was. When was you know, this? Three years is a long time. And that's all you said. You are gorgeous. That's just that. You, you are, are gorgeous. Yeah. What happened? Um, three days, four days later, I got a call from Honda NA uh, HR, and they said that they could either open an investigation and pursue it, or I could voluntarily surrender my position. Really? <gasps> and pack up my toolbox. That was and it? I, that was it. And I went ahead and I did that and not a problem. I'll talk to you guys never. Okay, that's asinine. So, no, that is that is that if ridiculous. If you're telling the truth, and why should we doubt that, that right. is ridiculous. Yeah. And I and you know, honestly it, it it kind of it was me and my parents were like, You should probably open up like a lawsuit against them and I was like, It's really not worth it. I all I already have another job. It's I'm not pursuing any money. It's not like I'm going to get anything from it. Well, what did she tell them you said? Uh, I'm, I'm sure it was probably not entirely true because all I, all I really did say was you are gorgeous. And I said it with kind of a funny face and sincerity because I'm kind of awkward. So, it, you know. How close were you to her? Uh, we were separated by a cashier's counter. Did so. you touch you her? grabbing her butt or anything at the time? <laughs> no, three, okay. you know, three to four feet away. What was Were her you re- grabbing yourself at the time? <laughs> That's enough. I definitely was not. Okay. Um, what was her reaction in the moment? She she looked very, and uh, and uh, in, in, in my opinion, appeased. You know, normal. Took a compliment. Okay. Um, I'm Chris, not sure what her relationship status was. So maybe she went home, told her. That's probably what. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say this is what happened. She went home. Yeah. And uh, her her boyfriend wasn't giving her enough attention. He was she being said, a jerk. And she said, "You know what." I get I get a lot of attention all the time. Uh, a guy right. at work today told me I was gorgeous, and he went, "What? Mm-hmm. You need to report that." And then it was all a ploy to get more attention from her boyfriend. Mm. And yeah, in, that's unfortunate. In any case, Chris, uh, you were wronged. The yeah, Me Too court sides with Chris. We have freed you from your shackles. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I'll yeah. sleep better tonight. Honda, come on, Honda. Okay, Kevin. Kevin, what's up? Welcome to the program. Do you want to hit that? All right, that? yeah, let me try and get this here. <laughs> nope. nope. Oh, did you just hang up on Kevin? I think it was uh, I think it was between Blake and I. It, uh, we lost him. Kevin, call back Kevin. because you were had a good one. Kevin's was pretty pretty good. Do we want to try Mike one more time? 
I'm not pressing anything, Blakey. Uh, yeah, let's 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 try Mike. Hello. Hey. Oh, yay! What's Hi. up? Yes, finally court session for me. I've been waiting. What did you do? <laughs> I didn't. Okay, first of all, I didn't do nothing. My I work. I do a um, we do customer service for landscapes. Not a gardener type, more of like a specialty kind of service. And I had a customer that I went to in uh, San Moreno. And oh, nice. It was, a, it was a lady, probably in her uh, mid to late 40s. Um, I'm in my early 30s. So cougar, cougar territory. Yes. Okay, yeah, I guess you call it cougar territory. I'm married, by the way. And so I'm there, and the lady is calling to get, like, an estimate for service, you know. So I'm, I'm telling her what we do, kind of giving her our whole game plan of what, what she would be paying for if she got her service. Um, long story short, she had to tell me about, you know, how much money that she has and she doesn't have and how she always gets taken advantage of by contractors, yada, 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 Ooh. stuff like that. And then she's trying to tell me that she wants a discount, stuff like that. And I said, you know what, I'm just a technician. We're just out here to tell you what you do, you know, what I can do for you. And if you're interested, by all means, we can start service. Or if you need to talk to your husband or somebody else, by all means, do what you got to do. So fast forward to that. And that's pretty much how it ended. I ended up starting service at her house. And then she wanted, like, to add a bunch of extra things that you yep, know, yep. Kind, of, kind of being a problem. So fast forward to the next, I think, two days later at work, I get called in by the owner of the company talking about that the customer called in and said that I was flirting with her aggressively and made her feel uncomfortable because, you know, she's a woman in her 40s and she didn't know if I was trying to make a pass at her. Oh, for the love. Um, that's just sad. That's just sad on her part. What happened? What do you mean? What, what for, to I- you, what, what were the repercussions for you? Uh, the repercussions were they tried making fun of me a little bit, and then I told oh. them if uh, anybody doesn't like it, that they can go back and, um, you know, see her for themselves. And then I guess <laughs> the owner called her and seen that she was pretty much a problem client. So now what I have to do is when I go to her house, I need a video record, my, put my cell phone in my pocket. Oh, what a I, pain yeah. in the bottom. Wait, but do, have I, you been back? Not yet. Not yet. But it's gonna. I'll probably be back probably at the end of this week, if not on Monday next week. I have to go back to her house. Well, well good luck, Mike, and uh, let so, us know if anything goes down. I will. <laughs> yeah, hey, follow I'll, up. I'll represent me. I might have to have you on the in the chairs. In anytime, the anytime. We will. Uh, we'll swoop in there. Thanks for the call. All right, coming up next, we have a call from Kevin that we'll get to. Uh, on the other side of the break, because I think that the court yep. may not side with no, him. No, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Kevin may have crossed the line. I'm You're thinking it's a possibility. This. I mean, there is a rationalization somewhere, maybe for this, depending on how it's set. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think so. So we'll take Kevin's call when we come back. Give us a call if you have a Me Too story. If you're a woman that had a a guy do something shady and you think he crossed a line and didn't get called out on it, let us know if you're a guy who feels like he didn't do anything shady and uh, got in trouble for it. We want to hear about that, too. We will absolve We will judge you. you. We will judge. We won't necessarily absolve. We will judge. That's what we do. Well, so far, we've already taken off one set of cuffs. Yeah, that's true. 1-800-520-1KFI. 1-800-520-1534. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, Jane Wells in for the Hoffman today. Well, this is interesting. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is canceling the Senate's August recess. He says uh, he's canceling it because 
of historic obstruction by Senate Democrats of the president's nominees. There's also the small fact that Democrats were going to use that time to campaign for the midterms. <laughs> Ah, excellent. Excellent. We, we will have all your election news coming up after Amy's news at the top of the hour, including Howard Schultz and what his political future may be. But right now we're in the middle of Me Too Court. Oh, my gosh. These these calls look amazing. How about we get to Kevin? Kevin, are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Okay. What did you do? Tell us what happened. Okay. I worked at a number of years ago. I worked at a supermarket and a box girl. Uh, asked me one day if she could borrow some money for her break. She, I guess she had no cash on her. So I, I go, yeah, of course. So I, I think she wanted like a dollar or two dollars. So I gave it to her, no problem. And then a day, like a day or two later, she asked me again, no problem, of course. And uh, and then the third day, I said, yeah, of course, no problem. So I gave her, you know, some more money. And uh, and then I think by the fourth time, uh, uh, I said, yeah, of course, if I can grab your ass. Oh. Um, okay, I just have a question. So uh-huh. this comment was not so much about grabbing her ass. It was more about getting her to stop asking for money. Am I right? Mm. Did you want to grab? Uh, yeah, she was cute. She, I, was, I was a little older than her. I was, I was probably about 24, 25 at the time, and she was probably 18 or 19. All right, tell yes. me exactly how you said it. Give me an exact reenactment. Hey, Kevin, can I have a can I, Hey, Kevin, loan me a dollar. Or, hey, Kevin, loan me $2. Okay, sure. Can I grab your ass? <laughs> or, or, no, no. Okay. I, I, actually, it was, okay, sure. Can I grab your ass? So if what I, did she say? She just kind of laughed, and uh, she didn't say yes, but she just kind of laughed, and, and I I just, I, I was in the process of taking, you know, taking cash out of my wallet to, to give her some for her break, and, uh, but she just kind of laughed, and, and that was it. I thought, I thought everything was cool. And uh, wait, but did you and, grab it after you gave her the two bucks? No, of course not. Okay, so what happened then? Uh, so I guess she went and told someone, uh, kind of, oh, that Kevin, he's so cute. He asked me if he can, you know, whatever. And uh, and I guess a manager overheard her telling somebody the story. And so I got pulled into uh, the office and uh, they were writing me up. And uh, and, the, and the manager, the store manager, said he can actually fire me. Yeah. Uh, but you so, didn't get fired, right? You just got the slap on the wrist? Well, yeah, I got written up, and um, I did not get fired. But uh, it went into my personnel file, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so, you know, if you apply for other jobs. Here's uh, my tip. On uh, because I think that you thought that you, you two were friends. You had a fun relationship where you can joke back and forth. And, and that nothing. Well, she would may come have even this, thought that, right? and somebody overheard. She may it. have come have thought of that. Yeah, I think you have to make it not about her ass. Yeah, I mean, you could make yeah. it about anybody else's ass, really, but uh, just not making it personal. I don't think you should make it about anybody's ass. You should just right. say, yeah, "I know, you're, like, uh, you know, no, are we dating now? That might have been more, you know. All right, here's two dollars. What does this mean? Are we dating now? <laughs> but that, not can yeah, I grab your good. ass? That's yeah, good. right. But yeah. you know, they they they're accusing me of sexual harassment, and my argument was, well, it's only. You know, if I ask a second or third or fourth time, then I guess I'd be harassing her. But if I just ask her a question, hey, one time, hey, can I grab <laughs> no. your ass? How, how's that harassment? Uh, yeah, that's not good. No, we I, can't do that. I, I, I can't. Think. I can't rule I mean, for I, you. I want to, but I, I can't. Understand where you're yeah. coming from, yeah. but we we the law is the law, <laughs> right? You know, you just you can't say that. And by the way, tell her to stop borrowing money. I mean, she's taking she, that's financial harassment, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't really mind, but. <laughs> yeah, you wanted a yeah, we know. All, All right, right, Sean. Sean, what did you do? 
Sean? Okay, hold on. I think Blake is intentionally uh, sabotaging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hashtag me too. Issues here, (laughs) right? Yep. It would be really nice to have a a technical direct. Okay. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good. Hey, so I work in the car (laughs) business. I'm a sales manager there, and I have this receptionist. We always we make like joking comments back and forth. I mean, in the business, I wear you know pretty formal dress up, you know dress pants, what have you. And one day she made a comment. She goes, "Oh, I see why they call it you know eggplant." So I was you know, joking around stuff like that. Oh. And then one day back to me, she she uh, well, what I said to her was she had these nice shoes on and she had nice French tip toes. So I was just like, "Oh, you know, I put some tapatio on those toes." Jokingly, <laughs> I thought everything was was cool and funny, and then I got called up uh, a couple days later to the owner's office, and they gave me a write up. <laughs> Did you say? Wait, hold on, hold on. She she mentioned your eggplant, right? And you responded with, "I'd put some tapatio <laughs> on those toes." She had nice French tip toes. I like you know pretty toes. Was so she was called in the yes. same way you were called in? I was called in. Was she called in for noticing your eggplant? I didn't say that she said that. I didn't say anything uh, you, about it. Uh, so you didn't say, hey, I only said this because she noticed my eggplant. No, I didn't want it to be a bigger problem. I go, you know, I didn't know. Uh, I thought we were joking around. We had that kind of friendship relationship right. going on. Right. But I guess it wasn't as funny as I, I, I think if a woman brings up your eggplant, no, no, I, I, all yeah. bets are off. We're on Sean's I mean, side you can, here. You can throw tapatio on all those. By things. the way, when I saw tapatio <laughs> here, I thought it said tilapia. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I don't know why you would want tilapia on her toes. Nobody wants. No, we rule in your favor, Sean. Um, Just a quick question though: Is that a thing, the tapatio on toes? Yeah, I like that idea. Could be a thing. And I've never, I've never heard um, eggplant uh, referred to that way, except for yesterday when we did the. And you have to use it as the emoticon. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, right. I'm sorry, Sean. Thank you for your story. You are free. I didn't think I was going to free him of his shackles. Because of, you know, I don't know, tapatio on the toes sounds a little bit of crossing the line. Well, yeah, but weird. she opened the door with the eggplant. And then she turns around and complains. But how chivalrous of him not to uh, drag her down with him. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Oh, and these people, um, we'll do this again because these we'll calls are awesome. We'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up next, Howard Schultz steps down from Starbucks and is talking about political future. It's been a rumor for a long time that he's going to jump into the political arena. And uh, he's talking about what Democrats are doing wrong. We'll have his words when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells is here. Amen. Gary and Shannon. Have you heard of Therese Tucker? You should know her. She is the most successful under the radar tech founder, IPO maker, CEO in Los Angeles. And she has pink hair. And she's my age with pink hair. She's talking about glass ceilings, Me Too, equal pay. We will hear from her uh, coming up. Howard Schultz is making news this week. Big announcement yesterday that he's stepping down as executive chairman of Starbucks. And there has been speculation for a while that he may run for president in 2020. He's been coy about it. Um, But this latest move makes it seem like it's very real. And you've thought he's... 
Oh, for a long time. He's talked like someone who's not just talking about a company. When he would go to the annual meetings for Starbucks, he was not just talking about Starbucks. He was talking about America. Remember when they had that, the bit about, a few things that backfired, uh, like, Talk to me. The stuff on the cup, like you know, let's have a discussion. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Talk oh, about race. About that. Yeah, that all that kind of stuff. So it was clear that he had bigger ideas, though he still won't say he's running. He said, "I could do a lot of things now that I'm no longer uh, chairman of the board at Starbucks." But he was on CNBC today, talking it, about his thoughts on um, what's wrong with the Democratic Party. And and it is fascinating because I agree wholeheartedly. Here he is. It concerns me that uh, so many voices within the Democratic Party are going so far to the left. And I ask myself, how are we going to pay for all these things in terms of things like single payer or people espousing the fact that the government is going to give everyone a job? I don't think that's realistic. And I think we've got to get away from all of these falsehoods and start talking about the truth and not false promises. And that's the thing. I mean, we went through this when Bernie Sanders was running. Um, He supported the single-payer Medicare for All policy on health care. And it was unicorn land talk. Mm -hmm. There's just no way, you know, and you hold up these countries, uh, Estonia or whatever, it works so well there. Well, that's not where we are right now. We have a hell of a lot more people. Yeah, there's only five people in Estonia. So, um, you know, it's refreshing to hear somebody talk like that because – even if you support the Democratic agenda and you you want to help people and you do lean towards uh, taxing the rich more and, and helping the poor, you've got to be reasonable about it or no one's going to get helped. You, you can't just continue down the unicorn land road. The problem is the kind of talk he just gave on CNBC might win him in a general election, but it's not going to win him a nomination. Because yeah, it seems to me that where the Democratic Party is right now, you have to talk about universal health care. You you have to talk about universal basic income. The sorts of things that then you uh, have to have a plan for how you're going to pay for it. I don't it know if you need be, to to win the primary. Well, that's the problem. The it's, so, it's so irresponsible for us to elect people, though. You know that 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 are are campaigning and are. Their platform are, are just pipe dreams. He says, I think the greatest threat domestically to the country is this $21 trillion debt hanging over the cloud of America and future generations. Uh, now, that's usually a Republican problem. Here, you know? he, here he is talking about that. Is this $21 trillion debt hanging over the cloud of America and future generations? And the fact that interest rates are going up, we're going to be paying close to over $400 billion in interest expense, which, which I think is the the number one or number two issue in terms of federal expense to the country. The only way we're going to get out of that is we've got to grow the economy, in my view, 4% or greater, and then we have to go after entitlements. Wow. Okay. Now I'm starting to think he may run as an independent candidate. I think he will. I think that's where we're moving. I mean, if you look at California and the, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but I read it yesterday about the the huge number of people that are registered independents in California now. It's a huge number, yeah. huge percentage. I think that's where we're leaning. And you know, Gary and I spent so many time, so much time talking about, and we did during the the 2016 campaign of uh, where are the middle people? Where are the people meeting in the middle that 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 realize that the Democrats are living in unicorn land? Um, you know, where are the the libertarians? That's why Gary Johnson's message kind of resonated with me. Um, and, and I when think he wasn't smoking pot, when he wasn't smoking pot or climbing mountains. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think we're going to see more big names 
try to get that independent vote. You know, I think that might be the most interesting candidacy to watch in terms of because what people who now consider themselves independent are all over the map. They they are not just the middle. Uh, There are a lot of Republicans in there. And there are a lot of Democrats. There are a lot of anarchists. I mean, I think what is this independent candidacy going to be? Would it be fascinating if the presidential campaign of 2020 was not about the Republican the race, yeah. race or which will probably be the Trump parties, again, the traditional parties? Yeah, but but who pours in their money, their name, and their arguments into the independent candidacy? Whether it's the what is it? You got the Libertarian Party, but you also have like the. Uh, Green the American Party and the- yeah, the American Independent. I mean, if you were an independent candidate, what party then do you align yourself with? Technically, I just think it'll be fascinating. But this talk of four percent growth or greater to pay off this debt, you know, Trump is only trying to target three percent, and then quote, we have to go after entitlements. Wow, um, I don't know how you're going to get it's a not le- popular, but it's true. But it's the truth. Yeah. And it, it, not retroactively. I mean, I don't think you could do that and, and get elected. Here, but. listen, I'll tell you something, and, and my husband and I disagree about this, uh, because we're coming of an age where uh, in the next decade or so, we can start to say, all right, do we uh, collect Social Security? Do we defer Social Security? You know, we've, we've got some time. I'm not counting on Social Security for me, and I do believe that even though I've paid into it for uh, over 40 years now, because I started working as a teenager, that there should be means testing. If we want Social Security to be what it's really for, which is security for people who don't have it, then I think it needs to be means tested. If I have enough money and my 401ks and my pension and my investments that I am not going to be thrown out of my house and yes. eating dog food. Yes, that makes sense. I sh- I should not collect Social Security now. People scream about that, but we've paid into it. We pay. Yeah, I know, but we paid it. I just considered another tax, which helps helps keep Americans off the street and eating well. And I think that now Medicare, God only knows what we're going to do about that. That's a whole other thing that you have to talk about when you bring in insurance companies and the cost of health care in America, which is so messed up, so messed up. Because of the insurance companies in a lot of cases. Well, and the doctors and the pharmacists yeah, and the all, drug reps and everybody. Mess. It's a big mess. But at least for Social Security, I do think it has to be means tested. I do. Uh, but that's one reason why I will never run for president or be elected. I felt like after that, that idea, though, I want to vote you in. You know, uh, this next race is going to be about big names you've got platforms oh and i CNBC, and nobody has a bigger name than kfi Jane. strange success yeah, yeah. you know what's so weird shannon i have to tell you the people who know me from cnbc and the people who know me from kfi there there's not a lot of overlap yeah i'll go to I'll, it's weird i'll go to church and uh just church this last sunday hey two months ago i heard you filling in for conway i wondered what happened to you I'm like, well, I've had a career in television for the last 35 years, but I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad you. That is so funny. But that happens all the time. Like, neighbors, you're on KFI. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the thing I did on the CNBC? No, I didn't catch that. Do you see me on the national news? Right, right. No, didn't catch that. Don't care.
All right. Fascinating. Uh, Speaking of national scale, uh, it looks like the Democrats nationally have been spending boatloads of money on races that are happening today. That we don't care about. We don't even pay attention. But it's apparently a big deal. It's a huge deal. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up next. Gary and Shannon with Jane Wells. Shannon, Jane Wells in today with me, and uh, we were just talking about entitlements and Howard Schultz weighing in on the just lack of feasibility as we move forward, and uh, here is an alert that just crossed the Associated Press from the government. Medicare will become insolvent in 2026, three years earlier than expected. Social Security to follow in 2034. So, uh, yeah, if I'm still alive in 2034, um, I won't get it one way or the other. Have you um, been worried? I mean, I know you're not worried about that. You'll be okay. But have you been worried about Kanye West? Most beautiful thoughts are always besides the darkest. This is his latest song. Yeah. And uh, it's a little troubling. Today I seriously thought about killing you. I contemplated premeditated murder. Uh, Is this what we're doing now? Uh, Uh, Waving the free speech flag, talking about... uh, Play the next. One more line. Give me one more line. And I think about killing myself, and I love myself way more than I love you, so. So there. So let's just let that resonate for a while. We'll get to that coming up later in the hour. Yeah, um, I, uh, has anyone checked on Kim? Or Kanye, or anybody. He is a genius, uh, expression, art, but I don't know. I, I, I think that's a cry for help. I agree. I think that when he went to Montana to escape the family, uh, that was also a cry for help. I don't know if anybody gets out of that menagerie uh, uh, in good spirits. You know what? I don't want to say too much because I don't want to add to the problem. That's very mature of you. I know, and very anti-talk radio. Yeah, and not Jane Wells at all. No, I know, but we'll do. We'll discuss this okay. more off, <laughs> off mic. Well, National Democrats are pouring and have poured millions of dollars into congressional races because they want to take control of the House. Here's the deal. You know, we all we talk about is the governor's race. We don't care about these congressional races here. We, I, I, You could put a gun to my head, and I wouldn't be able to tell you even who was running in my district. But uh, to the Democrats who need, they were hoping they could flip maybe like as many as nine seats here to help them uh, regain control in the House, and they've been pouring millions and millions. It was really interesting, Shannon, is as you look at uh, these different districts, particularly in Orange County and Daryl Isis down in San Diego, uh, because the two top winners go to the uh, election in November, the Democrats are terrified that so many Democrats are running, they're going to cannibalize each other and allow the Republicans to uh, be in those top two. And it's a very real possibility. I mean, think about, uh, let's just do one congressional race. There's one Republican, we'll say, and there's four Democrats. The Democrats split the vote. And so that allows a Republican to get in there into the top two primary. And um, this is making Republicans laugh out loud. And it has for months now. Um, if you talk to the Democrats, though, they will tell you that it is a disaster. That was the quote from Gail Reisman. She is from Toronto, but she now lives in Dana Rohrbacher's district. 
And she attended a candidate forum last week. And it's a very crowded field of Democrats. And she says, it's a disaster. If we have two Republicans running, I think I'm going back to Canada. <laughs> well, here I'm looking at that now. It's uh, it's for the California District 48, the 48th District. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Democrats running. Uh, Rohrbacher is the incumbent. There, there are a couple of the Republicans. But according to the L.A. Times... The Democratic Party has spent $110,000 on this race on another Republican, hoping uh, John Gabbard, very little known. But they're hoping that if his name identification goes up, it's possible he can take votes away from Rohrbacher and then allow a Democrat to move ahead into that race. So what the Democrats are doing in a lot of these cases is they're strategically uh, funding Republican campaigns to hurt other Republicans and maybe give Democrats a chance. It's just so dirty, isn't it? it, it the messages are completely lost, by the way. Nobody cares what anyone we is running we, on. We the message, care. the policy ideas, nobody cares. Um, at this one event where uh, this woman, Gail, uh, was calling this a disaster, which to me is like, where's your perspective? Well, she's from is Toronto. It, is it a disaster? She's from Toronto. I mean, if you want to talk disaster, you can talk about like Guatemala. You know, what's going on there with traffic on the 405, Puerto Rico. There's a number of real disasters. It's not Dana Rohrbacher losing his seat. That does not follow under under the disaster. Unless he's a Russian agent. But go ahead. So she is at this event where, like you said, there's eight people, a very crowded field, and they're all talking. Three of the Democrats um, had taken a turn speaking at this forum. It was in a synagogue, and the moderator comes on the stage to alert the audience that the parking lot was so crowded that the police attend, intend to ticket those those cars. There was an overflow of Prii and Mercedes. Of course. And it was in the, the New York Times said it was a perfect analogy to the Democrats not getting their ass together. I, the New York Times didn't say it that way. No, of course not. But that there's so much confusion in this party and so much lack of organization that it's too crowded and people are going to get in trouble because of it. Well, and so much inspiration to take the country back from Trump that everybody wants to run and a lot of women want to run. And what's happening is that's great. Everybody's running. But with the the so-called jungle primary system we have here, where the top two winners go regardless of party, you end up cannibalizing yourself. Now, it could happen to Republicans on the other side, but Democrats are really, really counting on flipping more seats here. And I'm not sure it's going to happen. You know, Even down in Daryl Issa's district in San Diego, he's retiring. You have two multimillionaire Democrats trying to outspend each other. And they will then split the vote so somebody else can come ahead there. It's it. The party is terrified that California might even become more red after today, not more blue on a congressional level. And this is a story we're just not thinking about. That would be very fascinating to see what happens. Well, especially if your governor and your senators are bluer than blue. Coming up next, I have a friend who works over at CNBC, and she did a great write-up. A great oh, who? Pro, uh, Jane Wells is her name. Yes, yeah, she's awesome. She is awesome. And uh, she did a great profile of uh, a woman who is head of a tech company, a software company called Blackline. She's talking about her Me Too mov- movement, glass ceilings and equal pay. Okay, I have to just tell you, you're thinking, like, why do you want to hear that? She has 
a really interesting explanation, which makes total sense of why women are not making as much money as men, and it's women's fault in many cases. And she has a creepy Me Too story yes. that you're going to want to hear. It's excellent. All right, we'll do that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, Jane is with us. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Big news today, Kate Spade, known for handbags, accessories, huge fashion line, found hanged in her bedroom in her Park Avenue apartment. Parents suicide, just 55 years old. Body found by a housekeeper. We'll get all the latest coming up at 1 o'clock. We'll go live to New York. Also, Harvey Weinstein today in court pleaded not guilty to rape and criminal sex act charges. His lawyer vowing afterward to try to beat the case before it even goes to trial. We'll stay on top of those for you. Therese Tucker, head of the software company Blackline. All right. Let me tell you this story because I love to do stories at CNBC that uh, make people feel good. Make you think, you know what? I can do that. I I need to get off my you know what and go do it. Like this business idea that Handle wants you to pursue, Shannon, which we will not go into details here. We will not. (laughs) It's almost lunchtime. Yeah. Therese Tucker is about my age in her 50s, uh, has pink hair, which we'll explain why in a minute is the head of Black Line, which is based uh, in the San Fernando Valley in Woodland Hills, 800 employees, 2,400 clients, market cap of $2.3 billion. Her own net worth is over, well over $100 million. It's an accounting software company, which she started in 2001. She grew up uh, in Illinois, went to college. In 1981, she took a computer coding class. She was an art major. She took coding. She's like, wow, I love this. In 1981. Got a computer science degree, ended up working in tech in the 80s and the 90s as a woman. Worked her way up as chief technology officer at a Fortune 500 company. Okay. Went about as far as she thought she could go. She thought she could go to CEO. Suddenly realized one day at an awards ceremony as everybody was walking across the stage to get their trip to Hawaii that they were all older white men and thought, I'm probably not going to get where I want to go here. Cashed out all her savings, 401K, her options. She was a single mother of two at the time. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Put it all on the line and started her own software company in 2001 with like four employees. Managed to talk Costco into being one of their first customers. Uh, Back in the day, she had trouble making payroll at times. She had two mentors, both men, who she could go to. They believed in her. And occasionally she would say, I'm not going to make payroll. How much do you need? I need like uh, 40 grand. When do you need it? I need it by 10 a.m. <laughs> and they helped her out. Now the company, again, incredibly successful. The stock, okay, Blackline stock year-to-date is up 32%, where the overall, overall market's only up 2%. Along the way, she has tried to mentor people. It's, a, it, they, they, it's an incredibly successful company. She's an incredible woman. So when I, I finally got her to do an interview because she does not like to talk about herself. Uh, but she realizes she's a role model. I asked her a couple of things. First, I said, you ever had your own Me Too moment? And here's what she said. I can tell you a story. It's kind of graphic and gross, but I can certainly tell you a story. On a trip, uh, friends with another woman, and, uh, you know, we'd been out drinking and having a nice time, but not too much. We're sitting on the couch in the lobby, The president of the company at that time comes, sits down next between us, 
runs his hand up our legs, up underneath our skirts, and says, I've done so much for you girls. What are you going to do for me? What did you do? We both sort of started moving away, and uh, it was like octopus hands. We just basically got away. Neither one of us reported it. It actually turned out that that same gentleman had um, sort of groped or assaulted multiple women that evening, and uh, another woman made a complaint. And so they started asking around, and it was like, oh, yeah, that happened. (laughs) They did an investigation that took them something like two years, during which time the president of that company uh, found a new position as a CEO in another startup software company and sort of got a great package on his way out. What happened to the woman who reported him? Um, She sat in a corner until I hired her. (sighs) I still don't think it's changed that much, Jane. I don't. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of noise. I have yet to see that noise turn into sustainable change. I agree. I still think a lot of this is going on in Hollywood, despite all the guys that have taken a downfall. And everywhere. Uh, She's, uh, but, you know, people are now talking about it and women feel emboldened. But this was the thing that I want everybody to listen to when I asked her about uh, gender pay disparity. Here's what she said. I've had women who, when they've been promoted, have said, oh, no, no, that's okay. I make enough. And that, I think, is much of how the pay gap comes about. I think younger women are getting better. But if you have a one of your gentleman employees in your office every several months going, I'm awesome, when's my next raise, what's next, okay, what's my next career step, and they're doing that regularly. When their yearly review comes, there's a mental piece there where you don't want to disappoint them. (laughs) In California, there's a new law which bans employers. No, keep going. Oh, okay. Sorry, it's one more. I just, that's Law, me yapping. bans employers from asking prospective new hires what their previous salary is. And Tucker thinks that may help close the gap. She says Blackline is also looking internally. There are certain departments right now that are actually looking at doing a gender comparison in terms of pay. And uh, a couple have actually had to do some adjustments. <laughs> I think it's important for young women today to see what I've done and to know that it's possible. To know that you can go out and build a business from absolutely nothing through a successful IPO, through life as a public company. Women can do that. Isn't she amazing? Yes. And she has pink hair, which was part of a dare uh, that her marketing department wanted to make her video. She said, I have gray hair. That'll be so boring. I'll do it if I can have pink hair. They said yes. She kept it because she says it's the greatest social experiment Ever because if oh, you who are takes you seriously and who doesn't just know that she's a magnet. Yeah. Oh, people are naturally drawn to her. But on that note, when they had before they went public, they had a successful round of funding uh, at a major Wall Street bank and her and her CFO, a man, get into the elevator with their banker and a high mucky muck from this Wall Street firm gets in. And the banker says, oh, we had here are the folks from Blackline. We just had a great round of funding. The mucky muck immediately turns to the male CFO and says, congratulations. And the banker says, oh, and, and here's Therese, the CEO. And there she is with her pink hair. And the guy immediately pivots and he's like, oh, uh, hi, uh, hi, yes, 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 congratulations. Pink profiling right there. Never <laughs> assume. Never assume. 
All right, coming up next, I don't know what you're getting me into. I don't know who Pusha T is. Okay, I'm going to break down the whole Drake versus Pusha T and Kanye feud. And for those of you who say who, what, why, this is why you listen to talk radio. So you can learn things and you will be so hip now with the young people in your life. I'm excited for this. And I'm also excited to break down what this means. Today I seriously thought about killing you. I contemplated premeditated murder. I don't think we want to go there. I don't think we want to go. All right. That sounds like Hamilton. Mm. Mm. I don't remember. I don't remember that part. (laughs) The guy said I killed him. Oh, okay. So like the Aaron Burr part? Yeah. Okay. I mean, but it's sort of that. Okay. I got you. Kind of talk. Right. Well, it's Kanye, I think, um, having issues. Yes, clearly. All right. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells is here. KFI AM 640. Jane Wells is with us today. It's almost noon, and you know what that means. At noon every day on the show, we run down all the stories that are trending, everything everyone's talking about. And one of the things that I have not grasped yet is the uh, argument between Drake and Pusha T, but Jane has mastered it. Okay, so I feel that one thing I listen to KFI for is to learn something I did not know about and to be able to be interesting at cocktail parties or around uh, other people. Should I give you some music? Yeah. Okay. Let me just... Because they're calling this the biggest beef in rap history. I don't think so. Nobody's been shot and killed yet. I think it yeah, may be more... this is Tupac Biggie <laughs> no. stuff. This is more like Taylor Swift versus Katy Perry. But this way, if you hear this story, you, you know, people are tired of you just talking about the brown doggle all the time or, you know... Right. This gives you something that the kids, this, your, your this, kids will listen to you. This will be on John and Ken at 5 p.m. You'll be, you'll be able to say, man, what do you think about Drake? So here's what's happening. Drake, if you don't know, and the reason why I think I can talk about him is because he has a huge crush on Doris Burke from ESPN. I do, too. Uh, she is an older white blonde. I'm an older white blonde. Okay, so that's my street cred there. So Drake, of course, phenomenally successful artist. Pusha T. Not as familiar with him, but he's been around a long time. And Kanye's even part of this, too. So the feud goes all the way back to 2006. Oh, yeah. Well, here's Kanye. Oh, is it? Is it? What are we listening to? I just pulled up generic rap beats. (laughs) (laughs) Have we vetted this for? uh... No. Okay. Well, that's I had to switch out our old generic rap beats because he started singing and I didn't know what was happening. I don't know. This is going to get dangerous. All right. I'll turn it off. I'm just not sure, you know? I don't want (laughs) to... Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this is a huge, huge thing in the world of rap music right now. It goes way back to 2006 when Pusha first had a feud with Lil Wayne. Mm. Lil Wayne, uh, Drake ends up signing with Lil Wayne, and so then Pusha starts talking trash about him. And so this escalates over the last, uh, well, yeah, seven years about them each basically calling each other a wannabe. Mm-hmm. Then it is suddenly all hell has broken loose. Pusher released Daytona, and on it is a track called Infrared, where he compares Drake and the way Drake became popular to the way Donald Trump became president, pointing out how both allegedly used external measures. Drake used a ghostwriter while Trump allegedly has ties to Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. 
But that was his take on that. Trump is like the new Hitler when people want the nuclear option of insults. Quote, the lyric pennon equal the Trump's winning. Okay. So uh, that is that was apparently quite the insult and throwdown that he is accusing Drake, who has also accused Kanye or have people have accused Kanye of using Drake and not giving him credit uh, for help with Kanye songs. So. Less than 24 hours. Are you with me now? Guys back there, are you with me now? Yes. So Pusha throws down an infrared that Drake is basically no better than Trump. 24 hours later, uh, Drake comes out with uh, his his, uh, duppy freestyle, which is his immediate response to this. And he compares Pusha to basically a fading microphone. He has an old microphone of Pusha's with a signature on it. The signature's fading just like Pusha is. Ooh, All right. Good. So, yeah, because those are fighting words. Mm-hmm. Pusha comes back quite quickly oh, after boy. that. Oh. And by the way, Drake goes after Kanye in uh, Duppy Freestyle as well, saying I've done things for him that I never thought he would need. Okay, so there's a little bit of jab in that there at Kanye. Pusha responds... With, quote, the most vicious track against Drake yet, the story of Adnan. First, there's the artwork on it, which you ought to look it up. It's an old photograph of Drake in blackface. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, it's bad. Drake says it's when he was a young actor and he was part of some campaign. It not, doesn't look like what it is. But it's an, it's a, so that's first off what is the artwork for, the, for what it is for the story of Adnan. Also... In it, the lyrics seem to confirm long-standing rumors that Drake has a secret child with a former porn star <gasps> and calls Drake a deadbeat MFer. So he's got a secret child with a porn star like Trump had an affair with a porn oh, star. Oh, see, there you go. See, it keeps, so the okay. whole Trump thinks. So what was Drake going to do next? Well, apparently he was ready to drop a single Whatever you would call it. I sound so out of my league here. No, you, you sound good. That was so destructive of Pusha T and Kanye. That well-respected producer and Rap-A-Lot record CEO Jay Prince had to step in to stop Drake from releasing it. Because it was just going to be the nuclear it, option. It was going to, according to Jay Prince, it was going to destroy Pusha's career and possibly... Kanye's also. Well, one of the rules of the show is live life according to Jay Prince. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, uh, no, Jay Prince, uh, I will say this. I may not know anything, but Jay Prince, when he speaks, you don't want to cross him. He says the feud is now over. And when he was asked by Sway, because he was on Sway's show, uh, what's going to happen with this unreleased, you know, did you hit the delete button on it? He said, no, this track, I, you know, I, I, I believe Drake. Drake gave me his word. He is not going to release this track. We'll have to wait and see. So, bottom line, the feud is over. It was huge, but it's not the biggest feud ever. Um, guys, I think we're going to have to do a hip desk with Jane. Like, the hip news <laughs> of the week or the something. The hip hop news? Yeah. Ooh. I kind of like it. So if I got anything wrong from everybody out there who actually knows what the heck is going on, you can tweet me at Jane Wells to clarify uh, my mistakes. I don't think so. I think I was I think I was dead on everything. Everyone's talking about when we come back to Gary and Shannon. (laughs)
Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to be at the White House today celebrating their Super Bowl victory, but uh, it was called off. It was called off because of the entire anthem protest controversy. So the president instead just had a bunch of people at the White House. They just finished God Bless America. Uh, I believe they also sang the national anthem. Yeah, well, he disinvited the Eagles. That's why it was called off. Right. It was all a big showing of America there. We'll get into that coming up next. But first, hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Kate Spade, fashion icon, been found dead of an apparent suicide in her home on Park Avenue, 55 years old. Leaves behind her husband of 24 years wow. and a 13-year-old daughter. She's uh, she's David Spade's sister-in-law, for those people who don't know that. But this is just, there was no scandal, no trouble, nothing. But you never know what's going on in people's lives. It just shows that mental illness does not discriminate. And somebody can be suffering so quietly that even when you have this level of celebrity, still people don't know. I mean, we combed through article after article after profile of profile on Kate Spade, and there's just nothing, nothing. in there that shows any sort of personal turmoil. Yeah, uh, she did leave a note. We don't know what the note said. Harvey Weinstein appeared in a New York City courtroom today, pleaded not guilty to two counts of rape, one count of a criminal sex act. This is about a week after that grand jury indicted him. He had been expected to plead not guilty. He, he does remain free on bail. Uh, these Two charges. One we are aware of. This other one is new to me. The one that we were aware of, a woman, former actress named Lucia Evans, had gone public saying that uh, Weinstein forced her to perform oral sex on him at his office in 2004. The second, the rape charges involve a woman who has not been publicly identified, uh, said Weinstein raped her in a hotel room in 2013. The the interesting thing about her story is apparently they had known each other. This was not him, you know, your new actress trying to lure her up to the hotel room. They'd known each other. They worked together. And according to her, the, quote, rape came out of the blue. But there could be more charges. Uh, the investigation in New York continues here in L.A. There's also one in London. This, it depends on just whether the statute of limitations has run out. Here's his attorney, Benjamin Brathman. Stand by. He's very, he's a defense attorney, but he's very quiet sometimes and shy. Very shy. We have silenced him. Mr. Weinstein <laughs> has uh, denied uh, these crimes. He has maintained that he has never engaged in non consensual sex with anyone. He is uh, taking this matter very seriously. And as terrible a crime as rape is, it is equally reprehensible to be falsely accused. Of rape, and since Mr. Weinstein has denied these allegations, that's where we are. He thinks he can uh, make this case go away before it even sees the light of a trial. We told you about this multiple murder situation in Scottsdale, Arizona, yesterday. Uh, a man who shot and killed six people to death, some of whom were connected to his divorce. Four of the six. There's this elderly couple. I, I know I'm going backwards here, but. This 70-year-old woman and her and 72 70-year-old Mary Simmons and 72-year-old Brian Thompson nobody knows the connection yet found dead in their home. But I I I'm sorry, work backwards. Oh, I was just going to say so it was his ex-wife's husband, so the shooter, uh, his ex-wife. They were going through a divorce, they had custody issues, all sorts of things going on. 
And it was her now husband that put two and two together, that saw the identities of the different people as as we began to learn them in, in the media of of what they did, paralegals and counselors and things like that. And he said, wait a minute, they're all connected to your case. This could be your husband that's shooting Isn't all these that people. crazy? He's a retired detective. They've been married for some time. This divorce happened in 2010 or 2011. Yeah, you know how those things lag in the court, in the family courts. Oh, what a nightmare. I uh, So, yeah, uh, uh, one of the guys murdered was this very famous forensic psychiatrist who testified against the uh, sh- the killer, two paralegals. And the fourth person actually, according to uh, AP, says Marshall Levine, you know, the, the guy that was the psychologist that was murdered? Yeah, the 72-year-old. Uh, mis- mistaken identity. Uh, there, a guy who used to have that office counseled the shooter's son. Wow. And then the guy, the shooter, ends up taking his life after he ruins uh, hundreds of lives, really, when you think about all the people well, and the, affected. And the ex-wife said she'd been terrified for years that he might come out because she had a restraint. He, he, uh, one thing that led to their divorce was he put her up against a wall, and I think he tried to choke her. Yeah. Uh, but now she feels terrible for these families that he killed all these People. And I'm just curious about this 70 and 72 year old couple. Right. What their connection yeah, is. What was that about? David Hogg is back in the news. He is the senior at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School that's been the face of the reform that these kids are trying to accomplish when it comes to gun laws. There was a swatting call at his home. For those of you who forget what that is, that's where someone calls the police and they say, oh, my gosh, there's a person barricaded or there's someone with a gun or whatever at this house. It was quite popular in Hollywood and Beverly Hills for a while with celebrities. And then the police show up uh, and it's all a hoax, although somebody could and has in the past been shot. Hogg wasn't even home at the time, though, when this happened. No, he was in D.C. He's supposed to be getting the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Award. And he says, uh, this is just a silly prank and it's not going to take our focus off what we're super excited about, our March for Our Lives bus tour to get young people to vote and promote gun reform. Can I just say this about him? I, I don't care what you think about what he stands for. For an 18-year-old, he and a couple of these other kids at Parkland are amazingly poised they work round the clock, too, by the way. They're doing all of the legwork on, on this. They're not sleeping very much. It's very important to them, and they're actually putting in the real work to get it done. They're not just the, the darlings of the gun reform movement. Well, and they're not showing up in cameos in, you know, Silicon Valley or, uh, like, like they're getting good advice. Yeah. I think even even if you think what they're doing is completely wrong, I think they're doing it well. Miss America ending the swimsuit competition. People are talking about that a lot today. And uh, that's just the last gasp. That's the end. Yeah. That's the end. I I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I I don't. Their ratings are down anyhow. But it was always a beauty contest. Right. That's what it was. If you're not going to have the swimsuit competition. And also they're changing the evening gown to wear whatever you want that makes you feel confident. I mean, uh, oh. So pantsuits. Yeah. You know, they they tried this a few years ago. I remember where they got rid of the swimsuit uh, uh, competition and did like a sportswear competition and it didn't work. And they went, yeah, that didn't work at all. And they went back to swimsuits. So it's interesting now that they're like, oh, well, you don't have to wear an evening gown. Uh, Yeah. Well, all the the management now of the pageant is female because they had a whole email scandal there, which was ugly. And Gretchen Carlson from Fox News, who sued Roger Ailes. Uh, and a former Miss America is now in charge of it. But this is, you know, this is the Rotary Club. This is what this is now. <laughs> Coming up next.
We will dive into the Eagles slash President Trump controversial White House visit that did not happen. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was just asked about this and had some interesting things to say. We'll do that next on Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells is here. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need you. I need it. I need it. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, we've got Jane Wells here with us today. Howdy. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles, after winning the Super Bowl, were invited, like every Super Bowl winning team is, to the White House. It turns out that not many of the players were going to go. I think they said it was like maybe five. Ten. Oh, yeah. ten. Okay. <laughs> Between five and ten, we're going to go. Five in their lives. Uh, and the president caught wind of that, and you know how he likes butts in the seats right he likes uh biggest crowds ever biggest crowds ever uh biggest rallies ever and he heard that and he decided to disinvite the team because uh the anthem issue yeah his tweet was um the philadelphia eagles football team was invited to the white house unfortunately only a small number of players decided to come and we canceled the event staying in the locker room for the playing of our national anthem is as disrespectful to our country as kneeling sorry so a little bit of a non sequitur, uh, a huge non sequitur. The new rule from the NFL was that if players do not want to be present on the field during the national anthem, they'll stay in the locker room. If you're on the field, you'll stand for the national anthem. It was supposed to like smooth over this whole mess between the president and the NFL. By the way, a little background. The president tried to get into the NFL several times to no avail. This was a club he could not break into despite his enormous wealth. So he's got a chip on his shoulder when it comes to the NFL. It wasn't going to go away. But none of the Philadelphia Eagles, to my knowledge, said that they would be staying inside the locker room for this season. That did not happen. He's putting words or thoughts in their minds or mouths. Well, and according to ESPN, last season, none of them ever did that. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked about that just moments ago in the White House briefing room. I've been aware that not a single player on the Eagles through the entire season knelt for the national anthem. Uh, the president's position on uh, not just the anthem has been clear, but let's not forget this isn't. Uh, there were 80 members of the Eagles organization that RSVP'd and committed to attend this event uh, as recently as Friday, as well as over a thousand fans uh, of the Eagles organization. And the Eagles are the ones that tried to change their commitment at the 11th hour. And the president, frankly, thinks that the fans deserve better than that. And- okay, well, then that's a different story. Right. That's the story if that the Eagles pulled out and or, or and said only five people are coming. And that's what it was about. Right. Then why don't you just say that's what it was about? Right. But instead, he has to no, he can't. attribute thoughts to them on uh, on the anthem. And then Fox News didn't make things any better because apparently they showed a picture of Eagles players kneeling. It was soon pointed out that they were not kneeling during the national anthem. This is one of those pregame prayers. Prayers. They were praying. So that blew up in their face. And now uh, LeBron has weighed in. LeBron James says, uh, I don't know. I know whoever wins this series, no one wants an invite to the White House. And Steph Curry has agreed. And if those of you will recall last year when Steph Curry's team won, the Warriors made it clear they didn't really want to go to the White House, or a number of them did, and so the president canceled that meeting as well.
It got a little heated in the uh, briefing room there between April Ryan and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah, Stephen. about police-involved yeah, shootings. Stephen. Is the president aware that this is Sorry, about Stephen, police-involved shootings and not about disrespecting the flag? Is the president aware Stephen, that, Sarah, please? Go I'm standing more to Stephen, but I'm asking. Is the, this is, there's an underlying issue, and it just keeps going about disrespect of the flag and soldiers. There are black and brown soldiers that fight in the military as well who feel that taking a knee, bringing attention to police-involved shootings is something that this White House should deal with. Is the president aware that taking the knee is about police-involved shootings? The president has made his position uh, crystal clear and that it's about... about I I let you rudely interrupt me and your colleague. I'm going to ask that you allow me to finish my answer. I I would be happy to answer it if you would stop talking long enough (laughs) to let me do that. The president has made his position crystal clear on this topic. He feels strongly that standing for our national anthem... uh, is something that we should do, something that matters to what makes our country special and unique and what sets us apart. Uh, He's not going to waver on that, and he's not going to apologize for it. And frankly, more than 70 percent of Americans agree with him. I'd hate Sarah Huckabee Sanders' job. Oh, worst job in America. Worst job. Because Uh, sometimes you're probably an audience with the president, and he says, apples are red and then you go out there and you say apples are red and then he says no apples are blue why did you say that and then you've got to go out there and explain why you said they were red and then you got to walk in um and not that april ryan's question wasn't legitimate doesn't he realize this isn't about uh the military because he had the military out at the white house today this is about uh law enforcement in the black community or whatever and you know you you walk into that room Every day for that briefing. And they all hate you. I mean, they hate the administration. There, there, there is such a gotcha mentality going on with, with reporters yeah. now. And here's the thing. With this administration, you don't have to be an apple to find the problems with it or to find things that you're not going to disagree or that you're not going to agree with. But yet there's such this gotcha mentality going on in, in these specific press briefings with her. Right. I think a lot of these reporters are afraid if they aren't tough, they're going to come down in the history books as of being soft on somebody whom in their eyes is going to go down as some kind of war criminal. Yeah. You know, just like the worst president ever. And so we've got to put up a fight every day in in the press room. Well, Mitch McConnell has announced he's canceled the August recess. What that means for Democrats hoping to have a big showing in the midterms. We'll talk about that when we go live to D.C. Coming up next, Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in today. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Gary and Shannon, uh, just briefly an update on the Kate Spade suicide. This is going to break your heart. So she was found by her housekeeper about 1020 this morning in her upper east side apartment hanging from a scarf on on a door, doorknob. There was a note nearby, and now TMZ reports that their law enforcement sources confirmed the note that Kate left behind was addressed to her daughter, telling the 13-year-old the suicide wasn't her fault. Oh, great. Thank you. Now now she'll feel better. Now she won't think it was her fault. 
We'll get the latest on that coming up at 1 o'clock. But Serena Marshall joins us now from Capitol Hill. Mitch McConnell making some news of his own today, announcing that he's canceling the August recess. Serena, is this just to keep the Democrats uh, away from the campaign trail? Well, not according to Mitch McConnell. He's saying that they need to get some stuff done, but he is blaming Democrats for the cancellation as one of the reasons they need to get stuff done, saying there's been historic obstruction by Senate Democrats to the president's nominees. And so they want to keep them in session to get those nominees through. But also they need to pass some appropriations bill before the end of the fiscal year, which ends in September. But I mean, you know, there is another repercussion of this cancellation, and that is that this time, this month-long recess where members normally go home, spend time with family, take some vacation, meet with their constituents, and during an election year, yes, campaign will be impacted by this. Uh, there's about 10 Democrats that are currently in some hotly contested races right now, and they won't be able to be meeting with constituents and on the campaign trail during that time. Why, why can't they? Why can't they just uh, be absent? I, I don't really know how that works. You know, like you, you don't you call in sick to work. Well, you don't show up, you don't get a vote. So if right. they did take some votes and they wanted to vote no or yes on an issue, then they wouldn't get their voices heard and it would look like they're not doing their job. So when the Senate's in session, you're supposed to be here on Capitol Hill doing what you were elected to do. You know, I they could use this, you know, they could use this as proof, you know, when they send out what whoever their campaign surrogates are. But is this tactic known to work uh, in terms of getting rid of what he calls the historic obje- obstruction by Democrats? Well, there isn't a whole lot of precedent for canceling the entire recess. We're actually looking into that on when the last time it was actually done. And I believe what we found was the last time the entire recess was pretty much canceled was in August 1994 when they were debating health care and crime legislation and didn't adjourn until August 25th. Um, Now, there are other times last year, for example, they canceled about two weeks of the recess in order to get some stuff done. But to cancel the entire recess, not a whole lot of precedent for that. What's interesting is that he canceled it so early, too. Normally, they'll wait until much closer to August and use it as a threat to kind of get some of those final votes tallied up and things checked off. But to do it so early, Ah. uh, it will be interesting to see if they'll end up changing their mind on that. Now, this is the Senate, not the House. So how, um, how, how much in contention is the Senate right now for the Democrats? What kind of difference would that make for Democratic Senate candidates, incumbent senators not to be on the campaign trail? Well, there's about 10 that are considered in, in contested races in the Senate. Now, the House is what's considered in play right now for this election. They, Democrats believe they can flip the House. Republicans believe they can hold on to it because that majority uh, is about 23 right now that they would need to flip in order to take control of the House. And right now, the House is not doing this. They're not following suit. They will be on recess to allow members to get out there and campaign. Yeah, I guess my question is, are there... And I haven't been following closely because, frankly, it like most people, I don't really care. Um, but how are how many Democratic senators are at risk of losing their uh, jobs in this particular cycle? Because at any given time, it's only, um, you know, one third of the senators which are up for a reelection. Yeah, so there's about 10 vulnerable oh, 10. Senate okay. Democrats that okay. are up for re-election this you know November. That's a lot more than the, the Senate Republicans because there are a few Republicans, like, for example, Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, who aren't running for re-election because okay. they didn't believe they could win the primary in their home state. Uh, what's the Republican edge in the Senate right now? Do you know off the top One. of your head? Oh, okay. 
You know what I think this is, is that because there are so many states holding primaries today, California getting a lot of the headlines in terms of flipping some seats and and taking back control of the House. This is almost like Mitch McConnell's FNU to the day of saying, well, here in the Senate, I'm going to shut this thing down before you even get started. Right. You're not going to get to go to Florida this uh, this summer, people. Well, he was also facing a lot of pressure. Remember, the president also tweeted on this saying they should shut it down the recess because they need to stay and get some of these nominations approved. I mean, Chuck Schumer was asked about this and how it would affect Democrats when them from campaign and campaigning. And his response was, the best thing to do is work for the American people. So Repub- so Democrats are planning on bringing up the issue of health care again come August now that they're going to be here because they believe that's a, a strong issue that they can use and will help them in the coming election. But to the point, uh, what what's being backed up? Are there some key uh, nominees and appropriation bills that the Democrats are holding up? Well, appropriations, the, uh, the government funding runs out at the end of September like it always does. And the president doesn't want another big omnibus bill, so they're going to try and break that up into smaller bills. Now, the obstruction that Mitch McConnell is talking about is on the president's nominees. Now, this is something that the president has complained on Twitter about in the past, saying he's faced uh, obstruction from Democrats on the nominations. Yeah, but who, was- who's not getting, you know, who, what are we talking about? Judges? Are we talking about who's- judges? Judges confirmations are a big number there. Uh, and he's a, he's actually nominated more judges, I believe, in his first year, year and a half than any of his pre- predecessors. Uh, so if you look at the numbers, for example, Donald Trump has definitely confirmed less nominations than his predecessors at this point in his presidency. Uh, and so if you I'm trying to find he was also slow to the right nomination nominating. That is very true. So there's a lot of blame to go around. It goes to Republicans yeah, and Democrats. Ambassador nominees that are still awaiting confirmation. There are more than 200 nominations that don't even have a nominee. Right. So there is some blame on the president for not nominating some of these positions. There is some blame on Democrats and Republicans on slow rolling them through the process. Now, the reason they can slow roll them is a rule change in 2013. Democrats changed the rule from that 60 necessary to confirm someone to a simple majority because they They blamed Republicans for filibustering the president's nominees and not even allowing them to get to a vote. Now, Republicans are able to approve these nominations with just 51, and Democrats are using this rule change and these new tactics to slow roll them since they can't filibuster them. Such a shocker. You know what? If there are 200 jobs that haven't been filled yet, I think we're okay. I think we can 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 save some money there. Serena Marshall, you're the best. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, coming up next, uh, we've got Paul Manafort news, uh, Bob Mueller's team. And where in the world is Melania Trump? Witness tampering, where's Melania? And uh, Kim Kardashian may score a political victory. It's all coming up next on Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon, Jane Wells in today. If I would have just laid my drink down and walked out, I wouldn't be in my truck. KFI AM 640, Jane Wells today in for Hoff. Hello. Former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort apparently, allegedly, made several attempts to tamper with witnesses in his ongoing criminal case. Boy, this guy just doesn't get it, does he? Prosecutors want to lock him up while he awaits trial because he's uh, meddling. And this is the second time he's been accused of doing this in a court filing uh, they said that he tried to influence a couple of witnesses about their testimony um, in his dealings with um, his lobbying firm. 
because he's being charged with money laundering and a bunch of other stuff. We're dealing with the Ukrainians and potentially uh, Russians. And uh, apparently called a couple witnesses and tried to reach out uh, through uh, sort of encrypted texting. This is while he was under house arrest. And this is after he'd already been accused of trying to do this, do something similar earlier. So uh, crazy time with Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort. Screwed, screwed, screwed. Um, The president today is privately telling aides that he's strongly considering uh, pardoning Alice Marie Johnson. Who is that, you ask? Sounds vaguely familiar. Well, this was Kim Kardashian's pet project. Alice Marie Johnson is 63 years old. She's serving a life sentence. And she is in for drug possession and money laundering charges. This was a 1996 conviction. and First time conviction. The president is uh, seriously weighing this pardon, and they're saying it could come as early as Tuesday, that paperwork is being finalized. Right. It was being finalized this morning, um, and it's causing some consternation, according to the Washington Post and the West Wing, because according to the Post, Chief of Staff Kelly and White House Counsel Donald McGahn aren't quite sure he ought to do this. Kelly's reviewed her background in her 1996 conviction. She was sentenced to life in prison. I just find that amazing that people sentenced to life in prison for drug possession, possession and money laundering. Um, he's not convinced she deserves a pardon, uh, according to the Post. And McGahn has argued against a possible pardon as an unnecessary action by the president. Now, Jared Kushner's in his other ear, by the way, because Jared Kushner, ever since daddy got locked up, Jared Kushner wants to let everybody out. Well, at least this woman. <laughs> uh, you know, they say that what happens with your parents have deep-seated issues with you and how and how you well you operate moving forward donald trump and yeah and jared kushner has been meeting privately with the kardashian clan i guess uh, kim and her her associates for for a while about this and was finally able to secure an audience with the president for her and that was just what last week the week before yeah that picture of uh them there by the desk where he's sitting and she's standing this is a non-violent drug-related crime that she was sent away for in 1996 I'm looking on Harper's Bazaar, and basically uh, her defense is that she became involved in drug trafficking as a way to make ends meet following a rough period. She lost her job at FedEx, where she'd worked for 10 years. She had a gambling addiction. She got divorced, and then her youngest son died in a motorcycle accident. Okay, her life sucked. She started selling drugs. She went to prison for 21 years, um, hadn't done anything before, and... um, you know, does she need to spend the rest of her life there? Or she got, I don't know how she got Kim Kardashian's ear, but that's a nice ear to get out, get a hold of. Yeah, well, and I'd like more details about the drug dealing. What kind of drugs are we talking about? Who got uh, hurt? Who, who died from them? All of that, you know, it's... I'm sure Kim has done her due diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Trump has recently become intensely focused on his ability to grant pardons. It's like a godlike uh, ability, you know, having such an impact on someone's life. He's asked his lawyers to compile a list of candidates. And a White House official this week says Trump is obsessed with pardons. It's his new favorite thing to talk about. He may sign a dozen or more in the next two months. Well, maybe it's a sign of, of uh, compassion. No, I think it's a sign of I have an immense control well, uh, over people's lives. That is absolutely true. And uh, say what you will about him. I mean, the NASDAQ is hitting a new high today. Unemployment is down at 3.8%. Job listings now outnumber uh, the unemployed of America 
at least those we know about. And it is they're now saying it is virtually impossible for there to be a recession next year because the economy is so strong. It does get lost, doesn't it? it, it it's I don't know. You can give the president credit. You cannot give him credit. But, but the, if the economy did this well under Obama, the media wouldn't be able to stop talking. About of it. course. And the economy came roaring back from 2000. I mean, yes, most of Obama's presidency was a rebuilding, uh, reigniting economy, which is just not stopped yet. In fact, now it's an overdrive. Uh, I, I hope Melania is appreciating that. I really want people to leave her alone. Have you seen her? I really want people. Well, she, yesterday, she wants to be left alone. Well, yeah. Yesterday, she was at a reception for military families. That was the first time she'd been seen following a 24-day uh, absence yeah. from the public eye. But this is somebody who didn't want the job, uh, like Moshe, Michelle Obama. They did not want to be first lady. Well, I kind of think Michelle Obama wanted to be first lady. Uh, not as much as Hillary did. I don't think Laura. I don't know. I mean, from what I've read, Michelle loved their life in Chicago and she didn't want to much like Melania. They have a great private life. You know, they're giving up a lot to go live in the White House. And Melania, it's not her wheelhouse to be a public speaker and all of that. That's just not what her thing is. And, And all this conspiracy theory stuff that gets hashed out online it's just I, I don't ridiculous. know do you think i my concern is and i think she's i have nothing against her i mean i i hope she married for love who knows no that didn't happen. i know i'm just trying to be like yeah. i don't know um <laughs> and she seems like a nice person but i hope this kidney thing isn't more serious well yeah than we're being led to believe that's the thing i mean she was in the hospital for a week with this and we're not and we have ailment. we've only seen her once yeah. since then so i hope she's well is my right point yes um coming up next <laughs> we you, will go live to new york to find out what happened with kate spade oh this is terrible this it story. is it's a heartbreaker and no one in in public uh saw this coming uh you, not a lot of um personal turmoil that was ever revealed in in kate spade's None. life um also coming up next hour we have a story um about a man a vietnam veteran who has died while trying to protect kids at a little league baseball field when a woman took her car onto the field i don't believe his backstory oh it's talk about karma full circle yeah all right we'll do that all coming up next on gary and shannon Gary is on vacation. Jane Wells is here with me. And it is Tuesday, which means Tasty Tuesday is coming up with with Neil Saavedra. Uh, Also, the tale of a man's life that comes full circle on the baseball field. And And, and not in a good way. Not in a good way, no. Um, And uh, the heartbreaker today. Um, Daria Albinger is joining us now with the very latest from New York, where fashion designer Kate Spade was found dead of an apparent suicide. Daria, what's the latest? You know, you're, you're right. It really is a heartbreaker because for like dozens of dozens of women, this was 
probably, if not the only designer bag they had, one of the first ones they had. And you know what what a what a cultural signpost she was. The latest right now on the investigation into her death is that police are still at her Park Avenue apartment. That's where she was found today. Um, a scarf hanging from one of the doorknobs, and a note found near her body. Her husband Andy, who was also her longtime business partner, at the home talking to police. Uh, no reason not to believe that this is just a very, very tragic end to a life. A, you know, she took her own life and, and uh, a life uh, snuffed out way too early. I, you know, was there any sense, have you heard anything from anybody about uh, what was going on, why this might have happened? Well, her, her bags, her... Her companies were not nearly as successful over the last couple of years as they had been in the past. Do you mean her new company, the Francis Valley? Because she had, you know, divested from um, Kate Spade a decade ago. I'm talking. I'm talking about both companies. The, the you know her her initial line of her lifestyle brand, Kate Spade, was, was not nearly as successful once it was sold to Tapestry. And as you said, she divested herself from it. The new company, Francis Valentine, was just getting on on its feet. It, it was formed less than two years ago by the Spades. In fact, she even changed her name legally to Kate Valentine Spade to professionally distance herself from the initial company. But it, it wasn't getting the traction. You know that her company initially did when when she and her husband found that niche in the market during a you know the the first big craze over designer bags in the early nineties when she saw a gap between a status bag that everybody could afford or most people could afford and a status bag that nobody could afford yeah you hit you hit the nail on the head one of my girlfriends texted me you know about this this morning mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking about how sad it was, and she wrote i'll never own a Chanel suit but when yeah. I got my first Kate Spade bag, you know, I thought I had made it. Absolutely. I mean, it was one of those things that you can say, you know what? I have a top-of-the-line item. I have a true designer item. It was a designer item for the masses. I don't know if you remember her modern mom diaper bag. That was one of her first uh, pieces. And I can remember my sister was expecting a baby, so I bought that for her. And that was one of the, the products that really put her on the map because it was totally different from anything that had ever been released that was like it. It didn't have, you know, pictures of unicorns or anything all over. No, it was stylish, very stylish. And a lot of dads carried it, too. Uh, Frances Valentine, I believe, is the name of her 13-year-old daughter. Do we have any idea of where the daughter is right now we have not heard anything to that to that effect i mean i i guess you it would be safe to assume that her husband is is keeping her daughter you know away from the public right now as as people would expect her you know to be kept away in a situation like this but but you're right the company was named after their daughter and and uh you know just unfortunately it it was a it was a a professional and, and a personal story that had been unraveling for a while. TMZ reported um, that the housekeeper found her and that she was tied with a red scarf to a closet doorknob mm-hmm. in the bedroom, yep, unresponsive. That's, that's um, they, exactly yeah, they, how she was found. They also reported that a, a note was found and that it was addressed to the daughter. And now TMZ has published the contents, allegedly, of the letter, oh which goodness. I think is gross and I'm not going to read on the air. You know, I mean, and, and that to be, you know, to be quite honest with you, that that's the reason that I did not bring it up because it has not been 
you know, we we have not verified it by right. another source. And there are just some things, you know, quite honestly, even if you are, an, you know, an objective reporter that, you know, it's it, it's safe to say it's just it's not in the best of taste right now. And, yeah. and you do have a family that's, that's dealing with something very tragic right now. She had a lot of friends here in New York in the fashion community. If you go onto the Tapestry website, which is, you know, where her Kate Spade named bags are now being made and sold, you know, they're saying that they, they're mourning her death, too. Well, and, celebrities and, have certainly yeah. weighed in. Chelsea Absolutely. Clinton, Reese Witherspoon, many people have. I I do, you know, a, a lot of people have had failing businesses, if that was the case. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have had all kinds of stuff happen in their lives, and they do not commit suicide. So I'm curious to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm not not curious, but it's sad to see what was really it's, going on it's here. It's just insane because, you know, mental illness, it affects mm-hmm. everybody, and sometimes there is no indication that somebody is suffering so severely. Uh, you know, and that you you made a very good point right there because one of the first things that we did when we found out, you know, that this had happened is, you know, we started to look into, was she, was she suffering? Was she publicly dealing with depression? Was she, you know, dealing with anything like that? And you didn't really see anything. If you didn't, you know, any kind of a web search or anything on it, it, it didn't appear that she was having any of those challenges right we don't know and you know what shannon it might not be mental illness it may be just uh somebody who is in complete control of their faculties and still just we don't know it's just sad it's sad and i'm sure the fashion world especially back there in new york everybody's like what oh yeah Yeah. i mean we we were so we were shocked when we heard the news You know, it was, it was just one of those things that you never expected to hear. And, you know, so many of the women, especially in the news, are like, you know what? I remember when I got my Kate Spade bag. They were all saying, you know, it was the first bag I got. I asked my parents for, you know, for one of these when I went to college. It was one of the first bags I bought myself when I, you know, when I became a professional, uh, went into my career and became a professional. It was one of those, you know, kind of one of those, those rites of passage type things. Daria, thank you so much. Appreciate thank you. it. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you for correcting me on that. Um, I, oh, yeah, I just meant d- depression. You know, you don't know, not mental illness, or, yeah, you but, just, but just you just don't know what people, no. even even great successes like Kate Spade, who was a huge success, no matter how how uh, her businesses were doing, nobody could dispute that she was a great success well, and she had a family and yeah. a happy, what seems to be a happy marriage. We don't know if she had a terminal disease. Yeah. I mean, there's no... No idea. But I think it's really poor taste to be publishing the contents of the letter written to the teenage daughter. I, um, I, I guess uh, it is amazing how quickly they it, it's pay for qu- stuff and, and get it. And I guess it. that's it. It's the quickness of it that, to me, is so distasteful because the daughter just finds out her mother is yeah. dead and that she killed herself. And has she even seen the contents of the letter? Is she well, even ready for that yet? I don't. I uh, I get very angry about suicide and what it does to the family. I do, too. But I, I also, and I hate that, um, I hate that she left behind a 13-year-old daughter and it does make me angry. But I also have never gone through a depression where you are in such pain that it's that you think this is an option that you think this is and an i option. think at one of the one of the sad things about where we are in 2018 is people who would have never ever thought of suicide uh 10 years ago it has now become considered in our culture um uh, a more common is it that or is it that we're just talking about it and trying to get rid of the stigma like is it because you know 10 years ago we wouldn't have done that story today probably oh no i think we would, we would have maybe no. mentioned it but uh, you know there was always a rule not to cover suicides i i think no i think su- suicide is now in our culture considered more of an acceptable option and that to me i don't know how you turn that around i 
I always go back. I think about the people in Rwanda who who survived the the butchery there. They'd see their whole family cut down, and then they'd walk twenty miles to try to get out of it. You know, because they just well, I'm alive. I'm going to continue to live. I need to go find it. It's right. uh, it becomes in your head. Uh, I, I just don't. It, it's I don't know what's going on in America. I'm sorry. Back to you. Let's talk. We, I, I, I got to think. I got to pull myself. Now I'm getting. Yeah, no, depressed. it's an interesting question, though. I mean, if that, if, if it has become more acceptable or more of an option, um, or is it just that we're hearing about it more, we're talking about it more, they've become more high profile. And I think it becomes a little bit contagious. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, it should be a feel-good story, but it's not. Oh my God. Okay, we're going to turn this thing around. We're going to turn this bus around here shortly. Yeah, well, Neil's coming in at the bottom of the hour, and, we're gonna and you brought strange jelly beans. Yeah, so okay. So we'll get into no, that, too. Folks, keep hope alive. It's happening. <laughs> Gary and Shannon with Jade. Uh, Sorry. Amy. <laughs> Shannon, Jane Wells hanging out with me today and tomorrow, too, if yep. we're still allowed to play together. And then no women. And then it's Brian Suits. It's all man Thursday and Friday. Manly man. Manly man. The manliest. Friday night in Sanford, Maine at a Little League field. 68-year-old Douglas Parkhurst is watching his grandson play. Stands are full. The playing field is empty. Suddenly, a car comes out of nowhere and starts driving around the the Little League field. It's the videos on. It's the craziest thing you've seen. Just you think it's a bunch of teenagers. It's not. Uh, it's it's a woman, an older woman. She's driving this car around, and then she uh, she exits the field to drive onto the roadway that surrounds it. Tim Curley was a coach there. He said he was standing in the third base dugout as he heard the squealing tires and watched the car crash through the gate. It's driver yelling, open the gates. He says, I felt kind of helpless because at that point, the only thing I knew was I cared about the safety of the kids on the ball field. And I immediately yelled, get off the field. The video shows the car driving around the infield, turning over home plate, and then heading towards the stands behind third base before she tries to exit. Okay, so what happens is Douglas Parkhurst, uh, this Vietnam veteran, is at that point with his grandson. He is pushing the kids out of the way before they can get hit by the car. He gets hit by the car as he's trying to close the gate before the car could enter the area. He later dies of his injuries, and he is being called a hero for saving those children's lives. Now, make no mistake about it. He was absolutely throwing his life in line to throw those kids out of the path of the car. He probably knew that things were not going to end well for him in his final moments. But there's another part of the story. It turns out that the same Douglas... Douglas Parkhurst, when he was 18 years old, was involved in a hit and run. He was the driver 
where he struck and killed a four-year-old girl. She was walking to the store with her 15-year-old sister to pick up birthday candles for the 15-year-old's birthday. And he had been drinking. His brother had been drinking. Brother was passed out in the back seat. And Douglas Parkhurst at the time, 18 years old, 1968, hit something. He thought it was a big thud in his back of his mind. He was always thinking, I feel like I hit a kid that night. I feel like I hit a little girl. Well, he did, and he killed her, Uh, and he took off, and he never told anybody for 44 years. Four years ago is when he confessed. A police had suspected him early on. The case never went anywhere. In 2012, a Facebook comment led to a tip that broke open the case, and finally then police, once he had a confirmation from prosecutors that the statute of limitations had run out and he would not be prosecuted, he admitted to killing the four-year-old girl in a drunken hit-and-run when he was 18 years old. He said that he wished the police nailed him down on the details back then. I wish they did, he said, and I would have told them the truth. It was one of those crimes that stayed with him, and he was never able to outrun that feeling of guilt his entire life. The little girl that he ran over and killed was named Carol Lee. The woman that ran him over at the ballpark was named Carol. Um, The irony is not lost on the surviving sister of that hit and run those many years ago. Darlene Ashby McCann said, it feels it has made a full circle. Now I am relieved. I truly am. The same thing that happened to my sister happened to him. It made a complete circle. Now it is time to move on. Do you think that he had it in his head when he was shoving the kids out of the way? That you know what I I should die the, this way I I this is this is kismet this is this was coming to me and and that played a role I think in the moment he's trying to save his grandson and the kids he just sort of jump into action but perhaps he wasn't killed on sight instantly he died on the way to the hospital okay. I'm sure on the way to the hospital that sunk in yeah and uh, um, I don't know uh, wow wow if he hadn't been there right. Maybe those kids wouldn't have lived. Coming up next, Tasty Tuesday. Oh, does Neil Saavedra know what he's getting into walking in? It's not going to be too tasty. I have another surprise for Neil. Oh, my gosh. You weren't here when we had to do the Carolina Reaper peppers. No. Yeah, which. uh, But you've brought your magical beans. (laughs) These ones are magical. (laughs) Gary and Shannon with Jane today. Hey, Nick. Yeah, Shannon. What do you get from an Alaskan cow? (laughs) I don't know what. Ice cream. Sorry. <laughs> Let me teach you how to eat. Let me teach you how to eat. How to marinate the meat. Let me teach you how to eat. I do feel... Like, this is dessert after the show today. You know, I thought your food joke would involve an eggplant after yesterday's discussion. Oh, you know what? You're right. That was a complete failure on my part because I know how fond you are of eggplants. Well, we had eggplant worked into the show today as well. Um, Uh, Hashtag me too, ladies. Uh, No, well, that was today's. Yesterday's haven't even started on you yet. Yesterday's involved, which may actually 
fold into this segment. Uh, this man uh, in China who had constipation and he thought the easiest way to deal with it was to have a eggplant suppository. And by that, I mean an eggplant suppository. And he eventually mm. had to go to the hospital and have the foot long uh, eggplant removed because it was oh. injuring his lung. Yeah, because that's it, why. That's mm-hmm. why he said. It. <laughs> yeah, and the guy that slipped on the light bulb and the yeah, I'm sure they've yeah, heard it all. The, yeah, you heard the story about John Cobalt's mother uh, uh, when I'm he was constipated. Re- can we not relive the plunger story? <laughs> Put a plunger up there. Did it work? It, no, I, We've never his, gotten to that his, part of the story. Look like, at we're John all... <laughs> Cobalt's face and tell me he's not still constipated. <laughs> we're all still horrified by the story. I don't know if we ever found I'd out. I kind of like worked. to know if it worked. Well, we can ask him when he comes in. Well, you never know. It's still in there. Oh, boy. Why I'm angry. Well, Nielski, what are we talking about today? Instagrammable foods? I know we're going to do our jelly bean taste test. Whatever you guys want. There is so much testosterone in here. I've I've never walked into Gary and Shannon's (laughs) studio and felt this much maleness. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Okay. I I should also say, I think it was two years ago, and I don't know who I was filling in for, I forced you to drink Apollo Peak cat wine do you remember that oh yeah it tasted like liquid foot i (laughs) i remember it like it was yesterday uh that company last year did a close to a million dollar in revenues and i'm i'm profiling them later this week as a strange success they're coming out with dog beer it's it's insane i hate to tell you this but i've already profiled them in my head if they're (laughs) i know exactly who these people are colorado they're in colorado So I have decided, because I am known for my bizarre uh, food and drink tastes, the people behind a – the Jelly Belly folks, they have mm-hmm. this game called Bean Boozled. I've never heard of it. Basically what you really? do is you spend – have you you've heard of Bean Boozled? Oh, my gosh. Uh, dads and their sons do it all the time. It's basically Russian roulette with candy. Exactly. Yeah. I had never heard of this before. Oh, really? You can buy, watch on Instagrams. A couple of my buddies do it with their kids. It's hilarious. Because you have to Instagram yourself doing it, and then you you know you're videotaping or whatever young people call it. But isn't it gross? And it, well, you, That's the so point. you're looking at the faces. Yeah. They both oh. both jelly beans look identical. Okay, but one of them is something oh. so filthy and nasty, and one of them is. So you, you don't know which tell. one you're going to get. So that's what we have in front of us. Right. So they're coming out with their fifth edition with two new uh, horrible tastes. Stink bug and dirty dishwater. However, they also look the same as toasted marshmallow and birthday cake. Oh, my God. So you don't know which is which. So we do not know which is which. And Blake, Nick, Neil, you, me, we all. Uh, um, I had a mint before I came in here, too. So whatever it is, I hope it's orange juice. Okay. So the lighter colored ones are either birthday cake or dirty dishwasher water. We have one of each. Okay. We don't know which one we're we're going to each pick one and eat it and see what it is. Shannon, you didn't even have to eat the hellfire like three weeks ago. And I've. All right. So you're either going to have birthday cake. Uh huh. Or you're going to have dirty dishwater. Are I, we ready? I have anxiety about this. We're going right white now. one we ready? first, right? Yeah, we're white ready. one first. Okay. Three, two, one. Cake. 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 <laughs> 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 I don't really know what this is. <laughs> I don't know what I'm eating either. All right. That, that Shannon, was you got cake awesome. too, huh? That is terrible. <laughs> well, let me see what the that other one is. That shot out of your mouth. I think I got cake. I think that was cake. I don't know. Oh, see, then you don't. Let me see what the other one is here. Okay, this will be... That's definitely not cake. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh. How about that? 
I think they're both cake. No. No. No, one is dishwater. <laughs> they taste the same. I'm not a big cake person, though, so. We might have screwed uh, up on yours. All right. Quite, that's delicious. We should have cake. You know what? I oh, the cake tastes so good after the, the dishwater. All right. Oh. What's the next one? Oh, my gosh. The di- it does taste like dishwater. It does. Wait, wait. How do you when know what dishwater happen? tastes yeah. like? You just, if you had it, you'll know it. You no, know, I'm not going to eat it. I want it. No, eat the other Listen, white one. Listen, I don't know if you realize oh, how, how to play Russian roulette, but once you don't get the bullet, you don't go, try again, try again. <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to um, take a – how do I take a – I'm going to take a photo of Eshen. Oh, All right. God. Okay. So the second one is either – oh, my God. <sighs> that's horrible. I don't know. Did you try it already? I did. I had the second one. Is it's it horrible. No. Okay. Uh, the other one is toasted marshmallow. Or or steak bomb. Okay, uh, so you go at three, please. Two, ooh, one. Please, God, please go. I'm so excited. Mm. <laughs> I got marshmallow. Twice I got the bullet. Twice I got the bullet. Marshmallow. Oh no, mm. I got it. Oh my God. Oh, uh, that's no. the worst thing ever. It's terrible. Oh my God. That's terrible. a marshmallow. Yeah. This tastes like a nice toasty marshmallow. Mm. Oh no, the stink bug is bad. <laughs> Oh, the marshmallow is nice. You know what? Leave, leave the other two. Leave the other two by John. Because <laughs> you know what? He'll eat ones. them and he won't know. He'll eat the bad ones. No, and I'm like, oh, serious. It's a heart attack. Yeah, he is serious. so he is so bitter. Yeah. as a human being, he won't notice no, the bitterness. He, he honestly, in the candy. I, I, I think I got two marshmallows again. Like you, we need. To you worry. have no taste yeah. buds. Yeah, that's ma- that must be it. Well, it tastes oh like a marshmallow. Oh my god! I can smell the stink bud on your breath. This is a fun experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I can smell it coming in from well, both I just you have ladies. The marshmallow. So it's in stereo. So it's just us that we just. No, it's it's the okay. stink bomb. You know is what's very interesting? Um, the way they make oh, those. How do, I have nothing to drink. Some of them are actually made uh, by um, using the actual item, and they put it through a special machine that vaporizes it and tells them the chemical compound, and then they actualize it in flavor. But um, the puke one. <sighs> came about because they were trying to design a pizza one and the cheese tasted nasty so they shelved it and then ended up uh putting it on later as a as a vomit one isn't that funny but most of them actually have come... you tasted the puke one no uh-uh. but uh most of them do come oh from the actual they don't put the actual stuff in there but they use it to chemically uh, kind of i just yeah. i need to get something to drink Okay, coming up next. You've uh, got to leave that for John by accident. You just have to. Okay. We will leave him the bad candy, and Ugh. we will also talk about Instagrammable food trends. Ugh. I don't want to talk about food anymore. I think I've taken a picture of my food once, maybe. Maybe twice. Well, well I, but I have a start, friend. You start with wine, so but, chances are everything's blurry. But I do have a friend who takes pictures of all his food. And his name's Neil Saavedra, and he will tell you what to take pictures of when we come back. I don't want to eat. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. It smells like bug With ass Jane in and here. her bad beans. Oh. Well, we have... Uh, Apparently smelled up the entire airtight studio. The door the, of the studio is open. How are we to know that the stink bomb jelly belly would, in fact, be a stink bomb? That odor would. It was like I got fill. punched in the face with bong water and ass at the same time. And, and that was merely Shannon and me exhaling. 
Yeah, it's rough. I'm not going to lie, ladies. It's a little rough. So we brought in some M&Ms. We've had some of those. And uh, we have these two bad beans, Jane's bad beans, um, that we're going to try and trick John into eating. It's from Bean Boozled, uh, the Jelly Belly game. And uh, we're going to, John doesn't know. His reaction is going to be so perfect. Well, but, but not anything compared to how ticked off Ken's going to be. Oh, yeah, no, but if Ken, Ken walks in yeah, here and just Ken smells would slap it. us across the straight. Well, it, it, I feel goodness. like he can smell it already from his office. <laughs> just he be might. specific, because if you guys walk by John and say, "Hey, did you see that bad bean in there?" He's going to go, "Yeah, I said hi to Neil." That's rough. <laughs> that's racist, and uh, I no, know I'm that when saying. Gary's here, that's okay. I'm but not when I'm. I'm here. just saying, be specific so that I'm not in the crossfire. Tell me about what I can Instagram on my plate. Oh, what can't you Instagram these days? Exactly. You know what's weird huh. uh, is, and Jane, you I know you follow a lot of this stuff, tr- uh, food trends and the things that are going on in the grocery stores, everything like that, packaged food, having issues. The weirdest thing is that Instagram is is pushing an interest in certain types of food that are not sustainable. They're, they're, uh, they're things that people want to see, and you want to do them once, and you uh, – but – you can't sustain them because the shock value loses. Correct. So you had the uh, last year and the year before you had a lot of the unicorn stuff. The opposite of that now is the charcoal stuff. Black is in getting the dark, um, the darkness from the charcoal from in, ice in your cream food. to pasta, Everything. the whole thing. But once you eat that, if it's not something that has great flavor or is something that you can now shuffle into your normal diet. It's a fad. It just comes in, it goes. It has no impact. And what you have is an industry right now, the food industry, chasing all these things, and they're and they're gone. Right. It's not like you're just you could oh let's produce squid ink that we can squeeze all over everything and pasta and no. everything like that, and and that'll be sustainable for more than three months. No, because ultimately our food tastes tie into our youth. Um, the the old joke: the best pizza you ever had was the first pizza you ever had. Huh. I mean, that's the standard. Whatever mom made first, that's, you know. I still love my uh, 99-cent Totino's combination pizza. Wow. Yeah, I what do is not. with? Oh, no. Sometimes some of those frozen pizzas it's, take it's, you back. And it goes all back to when I was a kid, and that's why I like it. With the Mama, Mama Celeste, too? The, oh, those, yeah. Sure. Yeah. They just have, there's a certain flavor that takes you back. So now the things that, that are on, on the Instagram list are things like matcha, which is a powdered uh, green tea leaves i can just see little jane little jane wells she's oh. four and she's got a chalupa uh in chorito back in the day <laughs> yeah. thank you very in much yeah. going back to the oh. to the real stuff yes yeah don't when don't they, try to out taco bell. taco bell and so i long. have taco bell at least once a week yeah see it's nostalgia and i will live to be 110 yes actually taco bell um from uh yum uh brands they started a lot of the um, cleaning house with their food before anybody else did. They got rid of a lot of sodium. They got rid of – a lot of people make jokes. But Taco Bell, actually, if you're going to go get fast food, is an excellent choice. That's good because they had to survive the fake scam lawsuit that they did – their meat wasn't meat. And that took them a long time. The filler. They had a lot of filler. That took a long time to recover from. But even that, when you go in – when you really dove into the specifics, it was – more puff than reality. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so matcha is one thing you're going to see all over. You know, strawberries, pancakes, see it all over the place. Not all over me. Uh, poke. Now, this, poke this has is been old. happening for a while. I know. I feel like so many things on this list 
we've been doing in California here, here. for two or three well, years. Well, that's the key is that we lead these trends. So when you see things like uh, donuts or elote, uh, uh, a.k.a. Mexicorn, those types of things, they, they've been here for a long Here's time. Here's my issue with poke. All these poke places are popping up in strip malls, you know, and I have a thing about poke. If I'm not within 10, 15 miles of water, <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. Good idea. Well, okay. When you're talking about sushi-grade sushi fish, though, you're, it's not cooked, but it is frozen. Yeah. It's still a feeling. So I it's have. frozen. I mean, yeah. they, they have to freeze it to a certain degree to keep the bacteria off. So... Have you ever been to the Poke Shack on the Big Island in Kona? I have not. You will, once the Big Island is no longer blowing up anymore. <laughs> it's not on fire? You, the Poke Shack, you will never, ever want to eat anywhere else Once again. you go Did Poke you, Shack, you, you never, never go, go back? back Shack. Uh, okay. That's my favorite Poke, but it, uh, on uh, Oahu, my sister-in-law has a place where she goes, and it's just like this middle, it's, it's it, out in the countryside, and it's just this it's shack. four ingredients, it's and it's shack, yeah. right. it's just, it, and, and yeah, three hours earlier, that fish was swimming. John's here. Hey, you want some candy? Here, have so have we have these extra jelly beans. Have please, one. Please have, have the dark one. Have some jelly beans. And I'm going to take candy from you. Yeah, and then try the jelly beans. I was saying the dark one. That's a switch, huh? And then I'd have the M and M's after. <laughs> the dark one was my favorite. Those are, yeah, the dark one was uh, they're jelly, jelly bellies. Beans? Yeah, jelly they're jelly bellies. They're new. They're brand new jelly bellies. Throw one back. New, new. Uh, the ladies have no, been no, eating no, them all day. The not, not, not the M and M. No, not the M and M. No, the jelly beans. The M and M's have been around forever, John. The jelly beans are what are these are new. It's called toasted marshmallow is the dark yeah, one. Yeah, eat that. And what's the white one? Birthday cake. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have birthday cake. Okay. Well, what's going to happen? Just eat You're going to explode. Oh, is this like a Bill Cosby moment here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come here, John. Yeah. You're going to bite into that candy, and then you're going to wake up. That's a really strong birthday cake flavor. <laughs> I knew it. I swear I called it. Okay, what? have the toasted marshmallow. Please, for the love of God, He's eat it. I feel like I'm eight years old. It's bad. Like, it's fun. Well, it matches your shirt then. What does that taste like? <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> like dog poop. Now, <laughs> now you can have the m M&M. and oh, No, I don't trust the m M&M. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that foul taste going to stay in my mouth all day? Yeah, unless you have the M&M. We've been, Shannon and I have been trying That's to get rid of it for the last... That's not an ordinary M&M. No. no. There's something wrong no, with it. No, the that. M&Ms are normal. The M&Ms are normal. Like, I'm going to believe you. <laughs> the M&Ms are fine. They really are. They really... Yeah, it's, we, it's okay. Then it, why do you want me to eat them? Because there's got to be a point can, to this. Because well, because you got to get the crap taste yeah. out because, of your mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you your exhaling it. breath. It, Ken is going to die. Yeah, Ken will die if he walks in here. you in the face. Why? What's in the... Because your ex... It's called stink bug. You just ate essentially ate a, a stink, stink bug. bug. I ate a stink. Well, was not it really a stink? No, 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 no. It was just the flavor. I'm never coming in here again. Really, I'm never coming in here again. Now, Is guess this your stupid. No, 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 no. It was Jane brought him. Don't John. look at me, John. It's important. What? Is this some Japanese treat I missed? No, out on? no. no. Oh, Don't Jeff. go there. You're all crazy. You know what? We all tasted them first. He looked at me and thought we I all because that in. I figured you were having like uh, food no, talk. Like, yeah, 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 some kind them. of special. You were we... baking mosquitoes or something. Like. <laughs> we all had them, and we wanted to have fun with you too. Well, so now you're part of, of the team. So is oh, that stink going to go away, or am I going to? Um, I don't know. Ask Ken. John and Ken coming up next. Stay dry, everybody.
Tune in next week for the hilarious funeral episode on Gary and Shannon.